So this is a continuation of what I started to record yesterday, or in my last episode, called The Basics and Attitudes of Mindfulness Practice. This is from a document I had written which breaks down the basics of mindfulness, in my point of view, from the mindfulness-based stress reduction tradition of mindfulness. The first episode, which if you haven't listened to, I would say to go back and listen to that first. It's called The Basics and Attitudes of Mindfulness Practice, Part 1, and this will be Part 2. This part explains the breakdown of the attitudes of mindfulness as written in the MBSR, or Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Curriculum by John Kabat-Zinn, and this is my interpretation of them. The first one being non-judging. When my mind wanders from the, quote, object of meditation, there can be a tendency to judge myself. The judgment comes from a belief that I have done something wrong. In other words, if I choose to pay attention to my breath, and I find myself preparing in my mind for a meeting the next day, there may arise the thought that I have, quote, failed in my meditation practice because I had intended to focus on the breath, and now I'm focusing on something else. Non-judgment helps us bring a realistic expectation to our meditation practice. The mind will always wander. This is just what the mind does. So to judge ourselves for having a wandering mind is about as useful as judging ourselves every time we sneeze. What becomes very interesting is when we set this intention to be, quote, non-judgmental, and then we forget and judge ourselves out of habit. Then we may fall into the trap of judging ourselves for being judgmental. We can quickly see the layers of judgment that can develop. The simplest way to cut through all of these layers is to bring an attitude of non-judgment as best you can. This means that if you find that you are judging yourself, try not to judge yourself for it. Patience. An image that comes to mind when I think of patience is that of a baby. If a baby has unmet needs, it cries. The baby will cry until the need is met. Maybe the baby is hungry, afraid, tired, etc. A caregiver can tune into a baby's needs and help relieve the baby's suffering. If a caregiver becomes impatient with the baby, it may exacerbate the problem. The same is true for our adult selves. We have needs that must be met, and if we are kind to ourselves and tend to those needs patiently, it will be soothing. However, if we become impatient with ourselves, it will only exacerbate the problem. Beginner's mind. Beginner's mind means keeping an open perspective to your mindfulness practice and to your life. It means that we do not go into any practice with the idea that we know what to expect. For example, in my training to become a qualified MBSR teacher, I had to do the, quote, raisin exercise many times. This is a simple practice where one slowly encounters a raisin by smelling, touching, seeing, and tasting it. If after one such encounter with a raisin, we decide that we have, quote, done this exercise before, quote, we may close off to the idea that we may learn something new. Each time I have stopped to mindfully eat a raisin in formal practice, I've learned something new. 
If nothing else, I have learned that when I decide there is nothing new to learn, I will learn nothing new. Beginner's mind also means bringing fresh eyes to your practice. As part of a Vipassana retreat, I sat in silence for 10 days, and for the first three days I was instructed to pay attention to my breath. In this experience, I was able to see that there is a great depth to the experience of the breath. I would have stopped the opportunity to learn if I decided after a few hours of watching the breath that I have gotten what I could out of it, or thought, quote, okay, I watched the breath, now what? Quote, a persistent openness and curiosity about the breath, or anything, allows more space for us to see deeper into these experiences. Beginner's mind can be thought of as this persistent openness and curiosity. Trust, non-striving, and letting go. It feels natural for me to group trust, non-striving, and letting go. To look at them individually may also be helpful. To me, trust means accepting that the practice can be helpful for you. It is normal to have a certain level of skepticism when we are introduced to a new technique or concept. It is easier for me to trust the practice of mindfulness with the wealth of research supporting mindfulness as an evidence-based practice to reduce stress. However, I have developed a personal sense of trust. When I am practicing meditation regularly, I can feel the equanimity and balance it brings into my experience. A regular meditation practice helps me respond to stress in my life with more clarity. This has helped me develop a trust in the practice. However, when we are first starting out, we may not have this personal experience to support our trust. Therefore, it may be supportive to read books or research articles about mindfulness or meditation to help develop a sense of trust. It's like reading a review for a hotel before you book the room. It helps ease any skepticism you may have about moving forward. When I think of letting go, I always imagine a Chinese finger trap. If you have ever had your two pointer fingers in a Chinese finger trap, you know that pulling your fingers apart will only cause the finger trap to tighten and lock your fingers together even more. The only way to separate your fingers is to actually move them toward each other to release the tension of the trap. In the same way, when we practice in meditation, it is common for us to try to effort our way through the meditation. It can become something we try to perfect by working very hard at our practice. What I've learned is that meditation is much more of a letting go than something that we can work hard to improve. I once heard a story of a student who asked his teacher, how long will it take for me to be enlightened if I practice meditation every day? The teacher said, 10 years. The student asked, how many years if I practice all day, every day, and work very hard at sharpening my practice? The teacher said, then it will take you 20 years. Non-striving feels so closely connected to letting go that it is hard for me to differentiate the two. Ultimately, if you trust your practice, trust what arises in you, and learn what letting go and non-striving mean to you, it will be supportive to your practice and your ability to live in the present moment. Gratitude. Gratitude, like a plant, must be watered often. Our gratitude is something that we must take care of on a daily basis if we want it to take care of us. This means stopping and considering what it is that we are grateful for often. Who or what in your life are you grateful for? How often do you stop and consider how wonderful it is to have these people or things in your life? 
It is amazing to see what happens in the body when we stop for a moment and consider what we are grateful for. I have seen my entire mindset or experience change. I was once given a gratitude calendar, which had me track three events or people I was grateful for in each day. At the end of the week, a particularly stressful and hectic week, I stopped to reflect. My first thought was, quote, what a crazy week. I will be happy when all of the stress is gone, quote. But after reflecting on my gratitude calendar, I had a different perspective about the week. My new perspective was, quote, despite all of the stress and perceived negativity, there was a lot of good that happened this week. There's a lot for me to be thankful for. Generosity. To me, generosity is an umbrella concept for a lot of related concepts. When I speak of generosity, I will use the words compassion, kindness, generosity, care, love, etc. Generosity specifically to me means remembering to give to others. That means giving your time, attention, money, or your understanding. One way that I choose to be generous is to donate 10% of the revenue that I earn from the Mindful Place to charity. For me, that is a number I am comfortable donating, without being too much of a, f a financial pressure on myself. After all, I have to be kind to myself as well. Jack Cornfield said something along the lines of, quote, A lot of spiritual practice is self-love, maybe all of it. By donating 10% of my revenue to charities, I have made some wonderful connections with people who are tremendously grateful for my donations. It is a blessing for me to feel their gratitude, and I can share in their positive energy. Additionally, the mission of The Mindful Place became bigger when I decided to share a portion of my profits. Initially, The Mindful Place was a vision of mine to share practices of mindfulness with people in my community. Now the Mindful Place has contributed to various projects such as grief support, cancer research, local law enforcement. The positive energy that fills my heart when I consider these things is one of the major reasons why practicing generosity is a fundamental component of mindfulness practice. Compassion is another component that should be considered here. Compassion for me means seeing deeply that on some level we are all connected. We are all human beings who experience primary human emotions such as anger, fear, loneliness, doubt, joy, love, hatred, excitement, anxiety, etc. So when we come across someone at the store who is in a rush or having a bad day and is rude to us, we can use compassion to help us. We consider the thought, I have had a bad day before and I have been in a rush and I know what it feels like. Instead of reacting to the person's rudeness with anger or aggression, we can look deeply into the situation and connect to them on a primary emotional level, thus allowing compassion to arise. This compassion is a much wiser energy than the alternative reactive anger. It is said that, quote, if we hold a hot coal to throw it at someone else, we are only burning ourselves, quote. So when we are filled with compassion instead of anger, we are helping ourselves, when we practice being compassionate to other people, we are at the same time practicing being compassionate to ourselves.